Hi everyone, I hope you're all having a great week so far. I hope you're all doing well. My name's Prab, and on behalf of the team behind the PT3 podcast, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to this very special and very important episode. So just some background on the PT3 for those of you that are joining us for the first time. So the PT3 is a podcast consisting of myself, Michael, and Walid. We are three second-year physiotherapy students from the University of Toronto. Um, And recently, as you guys have all probably been seeing as well, over the past few weeks, we've witnessed the uproar that's been uh, occurring after the unsuccessful run of the PT national clinical exam. And to deal with this, um, Capper has released various statements, held some meetings, but overall this issue has not really been addressed. And we empathize with our colleagues who prepared so diligently to pass this exam, to study for this exam. It's definitely a very stressful time. And because of this impact, we wanted to try to create an audio mosaic and collage of multiple perspectives of these events that occurred and how it has been impacting the um, PT profession as well as our uh, PT resident colleagues. So without further ado, let's get this podcast episode started. Uh, We got some great guests, five great people that uh, we've had the pleasure to meet through our, um, either through social media or through our schooling or through the podcast. And they're just going to be sharing some of their thoughts, some of their experiences uh, in relation to these issues. And we're really excited for you guys to hear. So uh, without further ado, let's get it started. Okay, so our first testimony is from uh, Lauren Black, who is a recent uh, graduate from physiotherapy at the University of Toronto, which is also uh, how we had the pleasure of meeting her. And we actually recently recorded a podcast episode with her and uh, Jyoti, who will be also be giving her testimony later. And, you know, after the podcast, we were just talking just about general things as we usually do and we ended up bringing up this topic about the capper and we thought it was a great way to start us off as she gives some context on what the actual issue is if um for anybody who doesn't completely understand what's happening and um she also gives her thoughts on the issue so uh here's lauren okay okay so i guess like explain to us what's going on because i've heard like glimpses seen instagram posts but like I know, and you're probably seeing these, like, Instagram videos of these, like, physiotherapists dancing, being like, we stand with our residents, but beyond that, that, it's like, what sense does this even make? Mm -hmm, So, informally, this is my interpretation, but basically, the last time, so to become, I'll rewind, to become a fully registered physiotherapist in Ontario, um, Ontario specifically, because Quebec is different, you need to pass your written exam. The written clinical, the written component of the exam, PCE, and then the clinical component of the PCE. Those two are both run by an organization that's CAPR. It's sometimes pronounced CAPR. It's sometimes not pronounced that. I don't know. No consensus. Even in the organization, everyone who works there is pronouncing it differently. So it doesn't really matter. Um, Basically, they haven't successfully ran a clinical component since 2019. So that means that people who had failed in 2019 
or bridging students who have come from other countries, international people who've come to practice here have not been able to because they have not like passed the clinical component. Okay. Luckily for Jyoti and I, we were successful in doing the written component. So we're able to practice as PT residents. Um, but because of the most recent cancellation in the clinical exam, which is now the third time it's been canceled, which was the last weekend, we may be delayed, unclear right now, because since March was canceled, it now may be, theirs may be pushed to later in the spring, but they don't have to necessarily take spring, so they could, they get first priority in June now, which means that Josh and I may be kicked out of the June slot to make room for these people for the exam who's already canceled and so on. So basically, this exam, the clinical exam is supposed to be in person, was then changed to be online, and we were set to do it, we are originally supposed to do it in November of last year, 2020. Um, but like I said, they haven't been able to successfully run a clinical component. Um, as far as I know, they still don't know why it crashed last weekend. Like it's something to do with the software that they picked. Um, they offered those people a refund. Um, but I know some of the residents and people who want, were going to take that um, are obviously upset and potentially filing lawsuits. So eventually, um, like Capper, or sorry, the CPA, so the Canadian Physio Association, put out a statement saying that Capper basically needs to get their stuff together and like refund the money and also try and cancel the clinical exam. Um, OPA agreed with this, saying like, yes, do those things. Then there was that College of Physiotherapists of Ontario. And I know this is so confusing because there's like three bodies here and they're all like doing and saying different things. So then the College of Physiotherapists of Ontario, which is what governs us, um, basically said, we can't change that legislation. These PT residents are not our colleagues. And that was not the opinion expressed by everybody in that meeting, but it was by one individual, which social media did not take kindly to. Mm -hmm. um, and SSM was like the only one on that call who was basically sticking up for the residents and saying like, they are our colleagues. It's an entry-level exam. They're past entry-level. Obviously, they're competent. They're giving really good care. And for these people who can't work, it's a shame because we're in the middle of a pandemic and they would give great care. So we're at this weird spot where legislation might be changed. They're trying to change it. It has been changed for other professions to have their licensing changed. Um, and Josie and I are going to be residents forever. So that's basically the gist of what's going on. <laughs> so uh, my, my question like, would be like oh, how does it like we understand like the the people that are coming from abroad they need to take this licensing exam to practice you guys have the opportunity um to practice right now like your peers too i think i've seen a lot of people that are still practicing um regardless of whether or not they've done the practical exam does it have any repercussions for you guys in terms of um advancing in the pt field um without writing this practical exam like what what's What's the, is it like my question is like how long can you be a PT resident without it affecting you? <laughs> so they keep prolonging how long it's okay to be a resident basically to make up for us still being residents, but it does interfere with pay scale. So generally when you're not a resident anymore and you're fully registered, you get a pay increase. It can also impact uh, like growth opportunities within the clinic too. Like 
they don't put a resident in a management position. They can't, right? So like we're still working under supervisors. Our supervisor still is like basically legally responsible for us, which is also pissing off these supervisors because they don't want to be supervised forever. Like it's a kind of a liability sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not that we're bad or going to cause any issues, but like it's a lot to have to have to supervise somebody for like years now, right? Wow. So okay, go ahead. what would be some like next steps? Like what would you, what would you, uh, Lauren and Joy T want to see changed um, from whoever needs to make these changes? That's a good question. So right now, to be honest, this week has been like a blur. I feel like there's been so much information on social media, from the college, from from the associations, from or from like everyone saying like basically what would have to happen for things to change. Like there are Canadian PT grad Facebook groups that are like, call Justin Trudeau. And it's like, it's really not that simple. They're like, like I'll message Teresa Tam. It's like, Teresa's not looking at your messages right now. Like we're in a pandemic kind of thing. So in terms of next steps, I feel like I'm not even sure what next steps look like. Um, ideally, though, I feel like the clinical component should be modified in a way that like your supervisor can sign off saying that you've been working for six months and there's been no safety issues or like some other way of like quickly screening for the safety things. But also, in my opinion, a virtual clinical exam is not really going to inform whether uh, physio is competent or not safety wise. Right. Like what can you really see virtually? You can't even touch someone. It's not even like how it really is in the clinic. And it's frustrating too because like respiratory therapists who are so beneficial and this is nothing against them at all. Like I, I see the value for them, but their programs were basically like accelerated, right? Like there was like a move put on at the beginning of the pandemic to get these people out and in hospital and practicing. And it's wild that that's just not happening for physio as well. Cause like it's allied health, right? Like in an ICU or in cardio resp and hospital and stuff, physio is often working alongside respiratory therapists, right? So I, I just thought that there'd be a little bit more motivation to get us out. And it's almost hurtful to hear in the college meetings to have them say like, but what about the public? It's like, don't you think we're thinking about the public? Like that's kind of why we went into this profession, right? Is for the public. So obviously we're going to do everything we can to protect them. That's why we went to physio school. That's why we're rostered for certain activities. That's why we have like our, you know, like all of these mentorship opportunities. It's like all of this literally is for the public and not being residents anymore. Like, yes, it will benefit us, but it will also benefit the public, right? Like all of this is kind of for the public and having, even one person or, or like one person representing, you know, the college say like, I'm here to protect the public. It's like, man, like, so are we, like, we're on the same team here. Our goals are the same. It's like, let's work mm -hmm. towards a solution for that. So that was uh, physiotherapy resident, Lauren Black. Thanks so much, Lauren, for sharing your uh, perspectives as well as uh, helping us understand some more about the actual issue and maybe some next steps that we can possibly take about it. So next up we have uh, Corey, uh, who's also a physiotherapy resident who went to the University of Toronto. He goes by Corey.Rehab on Instagram and he's also been quite vocal about um, his disagreement about the way that Capra has been handling this issue. So uh, let's give it up for Corey and let's hear his thoughts. 
All right, so um, I was asked about my thoughts of how we can use this opportunity and this opportunity being the cancellation of, or the repeated cancellation of the clinical component uh, of our competency exam, um, how we can kind of use this opportunity for growth within the field and our profession of physiotherapy. So to me, it's kind of obvious in step one, uh, I haven't been shy about it and it hasn't been shy over social media is just get rid of the clinical um, within physiotherapy, we're supposed to be experts, meaning we're supposed to look at the evidence. Um, by and large, the evidence doesn't really support this thing at all, except for really, um, I don't want to say cherry-picked, but hyper-individualized kind of research that CAPR has on their own. And then if you look at kind of the mountains of evidence that keep coming out in, in other professions, that these really high-stakes exams these one-offs don't really correlate at all to clinical performance or career performance, then then I don't really know what we're doing here having it in the first place, besides the fact that it's expensive and time-consuming to study for um, and stressful. Um, it, it's not really relevant to our lives. So I think the step forward then is, so if we don't have a clinical exam, what what do we do? And to me, that answer is pretty obvious. So I remember on my last placement, I was talking to, wasn't even my supervisor, but it was another physiotherapist. I was at Holland Bloorview and what, what she said was just so logical and obvious. And I just wish it was already in place. And that's to kind of institute a, a true residency. So just like doctors will, will finish their basic four years of medical school and then they go into a residency within a specialized field. I think it should be the same exact way for physiotherapists. Um, Kind of my wish for the profession is is that we're really, truly, legitimately seen as experts. And I think right now within our field, there's a lot of competition and a lot of clutter, whether that's between other physiotherapists, whether that's uh, kinesiologists, chiropractors. I think everyone's kind of coming up uh, and offering a lot of the similar things. So we come out of school thinking, oh, we're super different than chiropractors. They just do adjustments. And as someone who works in a multidisciplinary clinic, uh, I work with osteos, I work with chiros, uh, I work with RMTs that have pretty good education, very good education on exercise-based therapy, and a lot of the manual techniques are exactly the same, and it's, all right, so how do we separate ourselves? And I think if we truly want to be experts and we truly want to be leaders in the field, um, and we want kind of the future of physiotherapy to to stand out compared to the rest of the kind of pack and the rest of the competition, then we have to actually be experts. And the way to do that is um, upon graduation, instead of having this high stakes exam where everyone has to be a generalist, you have to know how to do your ortho tests and you have to know how to transfer someone in a hospital. It's why, why force all graduates to be mediocre at 20 things when you can be really, really, really good at one or two things and truly be experts. Like that's, that's my goal for this profession is that we should be seen on par as orthopedic surgeons where their tools are literally knives and scalpels and ours are exercise and movement-based therapies. Um, and that's just for orthopedic people. I want, I want pediatric physiotherapists to be seen as experts in the field. I want neurophysiotherapists to be seen as experts in the field. And I think the way to do that is stop wasting this time uh, one to two years out of school, just making sure you're okay at a bunch of things and just really focus in, have dedicated supervisor or a few supervisors in a specialized field, something you're really truly interested in, and invest yourself that way. And then after a year or two, you can your supervisor can, 
report back to the college and say, you know what, I think this person is prepared to be a really good orthopedic physiotherapist or really good cardiorespiratory physiotherapist or a really good pediatric physiotherapist. Um, at the end of the day, they are the experts in our field, and I think they know better than anyone else if, if we're ready or not, just like they were uh, they knew better than anyone else when we were on placement, whether or not we were meeting the requirements. So um, to me, that's the most fascinating. I think I would be super interested in that out of school to really kind of dig in and learn from an expert, someone who's been doing this a while, who has a lot to teach instead of um, kind of coming in and just trying to tread water and be good at a whole bunch of things and keep stuff in my mind for an exam that was supposed to be months ago and who knows when it's actually going to be. And, and frankly, these things keep them in my mind that I don't really use that often. So to me, that's the future of the profession is, is specializing at a school just like doctors do and really hunkering down and making sure that we are experts in the field and we can continue to kind of separate ourselves from the pack a little bit. So that was Corey. Thanks so much, Corey, for sharing your thoughts. And I think your um, idea of having a physiotherapy residency over a clinical exam is very, um, it's a really thoughtful and logical approach to handling this issue. And um, also the idea of uh, separating ourselves as a profession from the pack and establishing ourselves as experts. I really thought that, that was uh, a really great perspective on this. So uh, thanks for sharing. So next up, we actually um, we have an international physiotherapist who um, is trying to get licensed here in Canada. She actually introduces herself in the next few minutes. So let's give it up for Samina Sheikh. Hi, my name is Samina Sheikh and I am an internationally educated physiotherapist. I am currently working as a physiotherapy assistant here in Canada at a long-term care. I am one of the candidates who has been deeply impacted by the cancellation of the recent clinical component of the PCE. I am of the opinion that we do not need the clinical component of the PCA as we are overqualified as the PCE just tests our basic skills but we are not just implementing basic skills but even advanced skills as we treat all varied kinds of patients including COVID patients. As per my story, I am seeing all kinds of patients, including COVID patients, as I work for long-term care. And I am enjoying working throughout the pandemic. I have always enjoyed working ever since I graduated almost 13 years ago. And I shall continue working as I love the physiotherapy profession. The reason I'm working as a PTA currently is because I did not clear my November 2019 clinical component owing to some personal reasons which I think should not have impacted me. Anyway, I have become stronger now. So, uh, the reasons why I am giving my testimony is that we do not need the clinical component at all as is the safest medical profession and we are seeing real patients real scenarios seeing real situations and treating patients for the better and although i'm working as a pta i am under the supervision of a registered physiotherapist who's excellent 
and I can give testimonies from my employers if required. I believe the regulatory body should wake up and realize our worth and that we can make a better impact and a better difference to Canada once we get our independent licenses and contribute better to the society. And I know I can chart excellent treatments with my independent license once granted without this clinical exam. None of the countries, none of the other countries mandatorily require a clinical component, you know, to independently practice the profession. We are already overqualified. We need this independent license to work even better, to contribute even better to Canada and make a better difference to the society. I am working plus studying plus looking after my family. I'm a single parent. I have been taking lots of challenges. I love taking challenges. I have gone through a lot of struggle, but I always ensure that I think positive and strive for excellence, be it anything. Studying again for the clinical exam of the PC is a mental stress and I do not want to take that stress again. I'm sorry, I would like to move on for the better and I really want the independent license soon to have and exercise better control and make a better impression on the society and give excellent treatments to our people. The PCE needs a change and we all can make a huge impact if we stand united for the change of the PCE. The clinical component needs to be scrapped forever. Please, it's a humble request to the regulatory bodies to scrap the clinical component of the PCE for the better. And ours is the safest medical profession. So the regulatory bodies should realize that and wake up and grant us our independent licenses as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Sheikh, for your testimony. Um, I can only imagine how difficult this situation has been for you, considering you also are taking care of your family as a single parent um, and also working as a PTA while you're studying for this test and um, working in a long-term care facility, working with COVID especially. That's a totally different, that's a whole other stressor. So, um, you know, kudos to you for handling all of that. And thank you for your thoughts. We now have Reggie, another PT resident from the University of Toronto, who uh, is here to share his thoughts. So here's Reggie. The delays of the clinical component of the physiotherapy competency exam continues to affect my practice and my clients. So to study for the clinical exam, I have to spend at least one to two hours per day to study the required background knowledge. So for example, anatomy, clinical patterns, and other related information, and practice how to apply that to clinical scenarios that only last for 10 or 5 minutes. 
big component of this is knowing how to navigate the exam format itself and score required points, which does not accurately represent the actual clinical and working environment. This affects the growth of my practice as I am not able to spend those one to two hours dedicated to practicing for an exam to go through research relevant to my practice, attend or complete courses that will further expand on my skill set, and practice applying the research and skills I have learned on actual patients and clients. The uncertainty of the clinical exam date also affects my clients as I would like to take a few weeks off before the actual exam to focus primarily on the exam. Ideally, I would like to make arrangement for continued care for my clients for at least one month before I focus on studying so that I can have some handover sessions with a covering therapist to ensure the continuity of care. As long as the date keeps changing, I'm not able to set concrete treatment plans and arrangements for them. The current situation provides us with the opportunity to identify alternatives to determine if physiotherapy residents are competent. Many of us have been practicing clinical environments through the pandemic, continuing to support the health of the general public and protecting the public from further injuries and progression of their conditions. Although I do agree that it is important to determine if physiotherapy residents are competent, I do not think that an online exam will provide good representation of the resident's competency. There has been many suggestions from other physiotherapy residents, registered physiotherapists, and professional associations to help address this. As the world has learned to adapt to the pandemic, I believe that physiotherapy as a profession can also adapt and learn from the current situation as well. Thanks, Reggie, for your thoughts. Um, I think a lot of people will relate to what you were describing, uh, such as having to come home after a long day of work and study for a test that you, you don't even know when the test is going to be. And thanks also for sharing some practical ways in which you think that physio as a profession can grow from this and practical next steps we can take. We just have one more testimony and it's from Jyoti Man. She's another physio resident who's been affected. And um, here's what she had to say. I think um, that we are in an exceptional time point in not only our lives, but in like, you know, the global community and everything. So I think it is exceptional enough that whether it's it's uh, a change in legislature, whether it's, you know, these various ideas that people who are well-informed are putting out, um, whether those get put into practice or, or for this year or for the next year, so on and so forth. I think some sort of change needs to be made because there are so, so many clinicians out there who are so burnt out and you have the physio residents, people like us who, you know, we finished up our degree during this pandemic. We're starting practice during this pandemic and we're seeing um, all of our colleagues being absolutely exhausted and we're seeing the kind of impact we can have in this environment. But it's just this limitation that seems to be in our way that is preventing us from being full-fledged physios. And I think this, like, this whole this whole ordeal is actually is is pretty I don't know about other folks but it's pretty pretty like mentally exhausting as well um, you know kind of coming home after a long day in clinic and so on and so forth and you know hearing these new updates or like tuning into this town hall and just like being defeated at what you're hearing from the college it uh, mm-hmm. yeah I think I think the impact it has on a lot of PT residents is definitely um, being overlooked and and not appreciated and like while I can 
also definitely appreciate that the college represents the public, right? Obviously, PTs aren't their first priority. It's protecting the public. It's like these PT residents are working right now, right? We're with the public. We're being supervised. It's it's all good, right? Like there's, I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating, kind of hearing those opinions, knowing that you're out there, you're you know making a, a positive impact on people's lives. Like I'm in a, I'm also working part time in an ICU, uh, and we're seeing a ton of COVID patients. I'm seeing the exhaustion at the healthcare level as well as like kind of the the community clinic level, and it's like we are making a positive impact. We're being safe. We're doing the rostered activities well. It's it's yeah, it is frustrating. Thanks for sharing that perspective, Jyoti. Um, actually, I'm also personally on placement in a hospital currently as well. And the staff are definitely struggling. Like this is really affecting the uh, healthcare system. And I don't think a lot of people in the general public are going to be able to see that. Um, so thank you for sharing that perspective as well as you know, sharing the fact that these are um, these are extreme circumstances. And so extreme measures must be taken to ensure that we can move past this effectively and safely and keep the um, best interest for everyone. So I just wanted to say thank you to all the amazing guests who submitted testimonies. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Um, I hope that you get something of value from this episode, whether that's understanding the issue more or understanding more about why people are so angry and why there's so much uproar over this. Um, if you like the episode, please uh, share it around to your friends and maybe some colleagues who you think could benefit from it. And until then, this has been the PT3. My name's Prab. We hope to catch you for some future episodes and hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys have a great week. Till then, you know, this has been the PT3. Again, my name's Prab. If you want to check us out, you can check us out on Instagram and our episodes are on all platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we'll catch you for the next episode. So thank you for tuning in.